Hello, Charlie Clamos here. You're listening to the second instalment of Radio Echo with Fanfara. This time the guests are Juliette Lizotte and Monica Grisita of Nexus Magazine, a publication which covers issues of the self in relation to technology. For the purposes of looking them up, that's rendered as NXS. The magazine is the product of the collective Goys and Burls, comprised of Juliette and Monica, as well as Florian Mecklenburg, and the conversation was recorded in advance of the first issue's release, which is on the subject of cybersensuality. The topic of cybernetics was not something I had considered for a while, but this was a good excuse to spend the week brushing up on things, mainly reading Donna Haraway's Cyborg Manifesto and a few bits and pieces by Bruce Sterling. I was also given a few texts to read from the issue, namely those of Raf Rennie, Agnieszka Zimalag, Trudy Barber and Jack Self. When I refer to the issue in the following conversation, it's these texts that I'm talking about. Spotting keywords such as ephemerality, penetration and sadomasochism, what struck me most about these texts was their somewhat depressive, capitalistic tone. Quite understandable given the subject matter, but it reminded me of Mark Fisher's discussion of capitalist realism. An ideological, aesthetic aspect of contemporary corporate capitalism in the West that suggests that capitalism is the natural order of things, and that our behaviour should be understood and explained exclusively in accordance with this aspect. Fisher, who sadly died earlier this year, wrote extensively on his blog K-Punk, and I would encourage everybody to delve into the blog for more on the idea of capitalist realism. For now, this basic idea that we behave in every aspect of our lives according to capitalist ideology should be seen as the main frame for my questions. This has been being talked about for over 100 years now. You know, like the idea of the self and the machine. I mean, you must have encountered it yourself. So the Cyborg Manifesto was 30 years ago. Like, how is what's happening new? I don't want to seem <laughs> mean or anything, but like, what do you think, like, talking about it now contributes? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. One thing is that we feel that all these devices and machines have become much, much closer to us and much more engaged in a super personal way. And we have like all our very personal details on them. It's like... Yeah, I also... Before. I think that um, the way we interact with, with all these um, like tools, technological tools, I think that it really is... Um, changing now like this past years and the coming years and I think that until now and also I mean the cyborg manifesto it's beautiful uh, but I think it's it's also super speculative and now speculation is becoming real yeah like there's things the, are actually happening now things are happening like well, I mean uh, I didn't send it to you but we also talked um, with a guy um, who is making a um, uh, real dolls, like love dolls, and he's developing uh, um, artificial intelligence uh, to go Matt, together. Matt McMillan. Yeah, Matt McMillan. Uh, to, uh, to go, yeah, to go together with those uh, physical um, objects, uh, like, yeah, life, uh, life-size dolls. He's making those, uh, yeah, like this, um, this uh, software that goes together with it. And um, and I think that uh, yeah, a lot of things are becoming possible in terms of uh, of interaction with um, yeah with uh, with machines and um, yeah I mean also for our defense I would say that even if it, this had been done a thousand times 
um, the fact that we are interested in it and that we also want to put the energy and the effort to bring all those people together and to create some kind of oh, network yeah. uh, is already bringing something new because I don't know if all these people together have already been like united into that's just just worth something. doing something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I, I mean i didn't mean it to be like what more could be said like it's it's really really like this is a moment right um, no but it is interesting to read something that was like written 30 years ago and you and, feel yeah, and that is yeah but that, that feels yeah. but that is right also now, yeah like so. when you read the uh, uh 1984 and that you're like this is so strange yeah. like you're just like oh my god or when you read the, like uh, yeah novels from Philip K. Dick and this is just like uh, uh, yeah it gives you shivers it's like this is uh, yeah like the guy had I don't know like he could see the future or something yeah. um, but um, I guess the thing, thing actually like probably the distinguishing thing is that it's very apparent that we're almost already living in a dystopic yeah. scenario yeah. right in a way that I think Previously, you could say that these things are trying to infer from the present what could happen, right? Like, we're actually yeah, it's already past happening that, and, right? and already kind of yeah. we're into this depression mode sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm wondering if you kind of picked up, like, a kind of depressing streak in, in the text. Because, like, that was what I picked up was, like, depression in a way. Or at yeah, least a very, but, like... Yeah, uh, I think that... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a good... Uh, it's a good point. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we did, we didn't do it consciously, I would say. But, I mean, of course, we picked the people that we asked. Uh, yeah, in, in, in a way, it's also kind of reassuring that, uh, that not everybody is like, yay, so nice, I love it. Uh, I'm not critical at all uh, yeah. towards it. And, I mean, I think some people uh, are, but maybe not, maybe not in this, like, I don't know, like, art design uh, field uh, that maybe people are a bit more critical uh, about everything <laughs> in yeah. general well I mean I guess like the situation is quite depressing but also there are things to be optimistic about I, I just think it would be very difficult to write this thing to produce this publication and not come out with a product that is quite dark in yeah. a way or like I think that like that's probably known to everyone that like this uh, communication can get us just so far. But like it's, I think what's nice in its contributions, even like when it gets a bit sad or dark, that it kind of really puts in a words or images. Like how is this feeling? Like describe it. Like visualize it. Uh, how is it when you like can't get through or. <laughs> No, but I think no, but uh, I think that it was no, no, no. But I, I want to have an overview uh, because I think that it's true what you say, and uh, but I think that um, I would say that most of them also don't uh, take things too seriously. That it is uh, like really. Uh, like we're doomed and uh, no, but and there's nothing. Like, so like, there's super honest. Yeah, about but how there's you something feel. very honest, and and also I would say that uh, to be honest, like this, that like if there's an overall feeling of like maybe there's something that is slightly wrong, maybe not even slightly. Well, then that's good because I think that it is the case, and I think that it is also reassuring that that we are all like trying to yeah like that. The point is also trying to grasp what is like slightly wrong about this and maybe yeah like I mean because we are asking 
about the self and here about yeah like more specifically about cyber centrality but also about the self about humanity in general and it's also yeah like what is likely wrong with us yeah. also yeah i mean i think that you that you're right and that it is quite a dark uh, um topic maybe and also like there there is definitely uh, but there like some are quite funny and some are also like quite because um, it's we're talking about dystopia right yeah um, are there are there utopias? Well, I think that in general, I mean, any any scenario can be seen as a utopia or mm-hmm. a dystopia. It it's like time. this kind of inter- eternal entanglement. Like yeah. it's always like drawing you back to it, and it's also playing with this that you're. Kind but of for instance, hurt, yeah. but still like very drawn to like you can't just put that phone down. Like there's this, uh, well, it's not really, it's not displayed like this in the end, but uh, there's this series of images uh, from uh, Ines Alpha, and uh, it's like a s- series of uh, Instagram posts uh, from a cyborg, mm-hmm. and so I mean it is like slightly speculative, uh, but also yeah, like how this uh, cyborg, uh, sexy cyborg, is also like uh, trying to imitate uh, human behaviors and also wondering about her own self, and. Um, I mean, I don't know if this. I mean, this can really be seen as yeah. Is this an utopia or is this a dystopia? Like, I mean, it can easily be seen as a nightmare that this can also um, be happening. But it's also, I think, this raises also interesting questions when you think of like artificial intelligence and like creating consciousness uh, um, out of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, where, how do you uh, create uh, humanity? Uh, also, have you thought about? Because um, I, I don't actually own a smartphone myself. Um, I did have one, but why? Why? Um, various reasons. Like I mean, I can afford it, um, but not much. Like I, I don't really want to spend. I, I kind of feel like in Amsterdam, in particular, there's um, a reason. There's a good sort of argument to be made that there is actually very few uses for it. Because I, I used, to, I come from London. Um, you can't really go be in London without a smartphone because there's just too many things. There's there's too many possibilities that might prevent you from getting home or meeting up with someone and things like that. Whereas I think Amsterdam being such a small place, you can kind of always cycle back home. It's obviously a bit of a nuisance. On top of that, like it is getting a bit annoying, um, especially as I move towards being more journalistic. Like it'd be great to be able to just take a picture. But as I kind of live longer and longer without it, I just I, I can't think of any real like life changing things that I need about it. I mean, I, like I must be in a minority, though. Yeah, but it's very interesting uh, because because you said right away you were like, why? No, but I mean, it's interesting because it's like there's not a lot of people like this, and like it's it's funny that you say that in Amsterdam you don't really need it. I mean, it's probably true, but like I. Like before I moved to Amsterdam, I lost or got my phone stolen or dropped it in the toilet so many times that I had also those moments where I didn't have an iPhone and I had like a shitty phone for like a few weeks or a yeah, month. And then, and then at the end, you're just like, 
I don't need it. But then it comes back because insurance or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, it's yeah. nice. Uh, but then since I'm in Amsterdam, I never lost it. I ne- no one st- uh, yeah, took no it from me. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, I, I don't know. I think it's the, it's the oldest uh, phone that I probably ever had <laughs> now because it just, uh, yeah, nothing is happening to it. So maybe you're right. Maybe you actually... A lot of the contemporary articles I read, like the Bruce Sterling one on the internet mm-hmm. things, was like nobody who's important or like no sort of important group that anybody cares about he says something like that rejects the utility of a smartphone and i mean you that's what everybody says i'm just wondering though is that inevitable is there an inevitability that we are going to become more like like bruce sterling says that it's just going to become dust in the end like that we'll just be part of this ether that's totally connected and all our behaviors and it will be measured and i mean is that well i mean yeah, I hope not. <laughs> no, but so why not? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I hope not, but at the same time, why so not? I, I mean, I, yeah, actually, I, I mean, I don't know, but I think this, this is also what is interesting is that it is hard to know whether it is a good thing or a bad thing, and I think that it's good that uh, that that a lot of people are thinking about it and that a lot of people are talking about it. No, but it and can be used like for for good or bad things. It's not yeah, like exactly. bad no, it does, yeah, but like it's uh, like it depends like who. Who creates these algorithms? Who owns these databases and etc. But I think with with this publication, we're more really exploring like just how do these algorithms make us feel or yeah, how yeah. Um, um, the, the the consumption of the internet is well, it's in the world like it's about consumption rather than yeah. production, right? You know, it's actually precisely calculated to conceal the sort of process of, of production. Yeah, um, but it also, like, for, but, I mean, there's a lot of things that, uh, that are not really, uh, um, yeah, like, talked about uh, in here, and, uh, like, yeah, the, how it is produced, but uh, also, yeah, like, uh, the obsolescence of it. Um, yeah, this is also, like, issues that... Uh, but this is more, like, uh, I guess, like, on a, like, really more, like, technological like how to make and how to produce and what are the strategies behind it and I guess that we also try to have like a more I don't know like a, yeah like central approach to it or like maybe a bit more like the interaction that we have with it and which I guess is maybe a bit more instinctive or like maybe even more like primitive and that you also forget like yeah like this is this is the phone but you don't think of like how like how it has been made and how you also I mean I hardly think about how does Facebook work like what are the algorithms behind it what are all the cables that go through the through the sea that so that I can be on the internet I like you Always never yeah. you you don't think a lot about the infrastructure behind it or I don't know do you do you think about the like every day you think about the infrastructure? Mm-hmm. And when I start thinking about it, it makes me. Uh, but it's it's it made makes, like it makes it, me very stressed. It's it's um particularly it's like as I said precisely calculated to seem like magic, right? Yeah, exactly. Which I think is like a. This is why I'm saying I guess that I think though it doesn't come up. It's certainly it's certainly implicit. Actually, the uh, this like problem of of um, consumption versus production, right? With um, the ones you sent me, anyway, they they kind of um, replicate a system 
And so they embody or they, they kind of echo the system they're in, right? They, they, the discussion of penetration and I think the desire aspect of at least Raf Rennie's and Agnieszka's, I think, um, really replicate that system. And I think that it, it's very difficult to escape it. it. You know, if you actually know about these things and you think about them, then it's everywhere in the, in the subtext, I guess. The subtext is that, that we're kind of deliberately shielding our eyes to the production. We're, we're, you know, we're viewing this sensual thing as a magical experience, you know, as something that, you know, is never it never quite um, fulfilled. It mm-hmm. is like a magical experience because we we have this object, this magical object, and that is that we're pursuing. I don't know if you agree, but yeah, so, um, yeah. I still haven't got quite clear yes. in my head like what the golden thread is. Like, what was the process for choosing people, and um, and what did, what have they written about? Is there a golden thread or? golden threads but. yeah well that's a bit uh, I mean <laughs> when you see the, this very complicated uh, drawing in the middle uh, I don't know if there's one golden thread uh, or like uh, but I think that um, there's some like I mean it was just also that there's something quite uh, tangible about this issue that you can really like I mean the to- this topic of cyber centrality it's really something that anyone can relate to because uh, like yeah I mean as long as you have like some kind of technological tool uh, around you, you can feel like there's, there is like in all the text and the contribute and the images and the contributions that are in this publication, it is trying to, uh, yeah, like uh, find words to define what are, yeah, like what is, um, yeah, what are those feelings that, uh, that these tools are bringing to, uh, to us and how, yeah, like, I mean, we, we describe it a bit as a, the emotional and central side of uh, hardware, software, and um, and algorithms, but uh, yeah. So this is it's not something that people really think frequently about. I suppose it's not something they dwell on too often. I but I don't. I don't know if you think you no. You mm-hmm. maybe don't think about it, but you live it. Yeah, it's yeah, like something yeah, that yeah. you you. And so I guess that I mean I don't know how many people uh, will uh, in the end like uh, get a copy and actually read the whole thing. But I think that that throughout the yeah the whole publication, yeah, like maybe you can also like try to understand a bit better, like or yeah, like reflect, step back a bit, like think about how like your own uh, attitude or your own. Uh, it's always hard to talk about feelings, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but it's like sometimes it is like when you feel some kind of emotion and it's yeah. so when you're so in it, it's so hard to describe what's going on, and then like maybe these are some painting these pictures where you can relate like um, um, yeah like how do how do we experience our, our relationships uh, while while being so engaged or so mediated through these technologies it's not even that we don't think about it I think it, it's more just that it's not it's not discussed the sort of well, yeah. I guess the magical aspect of it and, mm. and the the element of yeah, sensuality and this idea of technology and penetration and also just the desiring aspect that it's sort of never enough. The screen kind of offers you this desire that is never fulfilled. So I read a quite good article about it by Richard Seymour where he describes when he was much younger that this uh, looking at this uh, advert for ski, ski yoga and feeling like he wanted to eat the advert 
and I think like everybody could probably like remember a food or something like that that you like an advert or something that you actually want to consume and and the thing that he points out is that the problem we've got now is this idea of like everybody is their own advertiser so they're producing these images themselves selfies and uh, and the like that that actually offer this similar thing that the ski yogurt advert offered him um, that we actually see these selfies and it's like the perfect selfie the thing and it's it's something that never really is achieved but um what is new about the internet and the smartphone mm. is that it offers these kind of like images of desire all the time and yeah. in a very but also allows us to yeah, create but it's, these it's somehow it's just yeah it's like it's really the like some kind of like ultimate version uh, i mean or the ultimate version until now of yeah like uh, of this it was exactly you said it very well like the system that uh, that we live in that it's like always playing on your desires that also yeah that was in advertising before and now is is just like yeah always uh, like the all the possibilities all the yeah it's just uh, tr- triggering you constantly and but yet never really satisfying you and this is exactly uh, uh, the same with uh, with consumption uh, in general Radio Echo with Fanfara is a European Echo production. You can follow us by searching Radio Echo on the podcast app or liking European Echo on Facebook. The theme was Cass by Jim Clemose.